for tuning in to Magic City Business, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the people, systems, and tech behind the best businesses in Birmingham, Alabama. Here we go. Another episode of the Magic City Business Podcast. Today in studio, we have Tanisha Sims Summers. She is the owner of Naughty But Nice Kettle Corn Company. We've got a lot to unpack with you today on this episode, but I wanted to first thank Miss Diana Will with Movement Mortgage for being our one and only sponsor. No matter how bad... He says it so pitiful, too, like... One and only, and I'm like, maybe we should just lie and be like, we'd like to thank Nike, Reebok, Adidas, and Under Armour for reaching out to us, too. We're going to stay with our one, though, gang. <laughs> we don't want to go too corporate. Yeah, we don't want to sell yeah, out. Yeah, we don't want to sell out. Come on. I don't want to wear a suit. Yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah, a green we're day. Local. But no matter how bad our ratings get, Diana Will of the Diana Will Lending Team at Movement Mortgage, she's always in our corner. That's the perfect segue, man. You know? That was really good. Yeah. So DianaWillTeam.com, NMLS 1740691. All right, let's talk naughty but nice kettle corn. What does the naughty and the naughty but nice stand for? Let's just get the right to what the question. audience. Yeah. That's the infamous question, yeah. and it's not what you're thinking. So get your minds out of the gutter. I, just figured I had like 50 thoughts. There's a lot of people that prefer or that like to eat yeah. in bed. That's what I was thinking. And if it's a little salty, a little sweet, maybe things get a little spicy. I don't know. And you do have spicy flavors. Well, my wife hates the sound of my chewing. Everyone does. So I feel like if I brought, no matter how good this popcorn is, I bring it in the bedroom, she's going to be like, get out. You, in her defense, you are the loudest eating human being. You're telling me that? I know. And I understand how that looks. I'm a little confused. I've heard you eat oranges and I literally threw up in my mouth. I'm just being honest. He was eating like a tangerine. It was just so gross. Well, it's juicy. That's not true. She would probably agree with you. But she's not here. One of those guys where he goes. "Mm -hmm." All right, let's respect our guests. But you you hit the nail on the head, though. So we wanted to play off of the sweet and salty, right? Popcorn is traditionally healthier snack alternative. So it's not a cupcake. It's not a potato chip. So you're being naughty because we do embellish it while we do use the best highest quality ingredients and so you can attest to this when you came in we're not using you know you have a lot of concession companies that sell the popcorn toppings the butter some of it's artificial the cotton candy you know the concessions the stuff that you have fun with is not really meant to be healthy it's doing what it's supposed to do and i'm not the top health conscious person in the world, but I'm very health conscious. Like I care about what I put into my body. I try to think about, even when I'm being naughty, I still think about, okay, well, how bad is this on the spectrum, you know, but I'll try to lean towards, you know, I'm 20 pounds overweight and I'm not fat. So for all the listeners, I'm not. Right. We're giving them the visual. Yeah. Like they don't want us to think that we all can't fit in this room. Like I'm thin, but I'm probably, I weigh more than I would want. At this point in my life, I've had children and, you know, I just turned 40 last month. You can't tell. Can you? No, I was going to guess 25. Max. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. But I said all that to say, you know, when you're thinking about a snack food, it's like, you know, you want it to be enjoyable, right? You want to indulge, but I also wanted people to kind of feel good about it. And so we source the best ingredients. So you're being naughty, but you're being a little nice. Well, I think it tastes better, too. 
Yeah. And the sweet and salty, right? It's like the sweet and the salty contrast. So that's like the naughty nice spectrum of it all. Yeah. I mean, that's what every guy looks for in a woman, too. If she's too sweet, you can just Something's walk wrong with all her. over. We've had this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody, if a lady's too sweet, something's wrong. I don't she know doesn't have is. a backbone. You got to have a little feisty woman every I don't know what that is. Sometimes I think they're waiting to take out life insurance policy and I'm going to wake up and never wake the up again. The rat poison, the meatloaf. Yeah. There's a guy on TikTok that talks about that. So, how did you get down this path? I always cared about community. I think it's just an innate characteristic of mine. And so I was not raised by my biological mother. I was actually raised by my amazing grandmother, which is my father's mother and my grandparents. My mother, she was about 19 when her and my father connected. And I tell this story has so much relevancy because I considered that like growing up, I was the village child because, you know, when you're in a nucleus home, mm, you're yeah. just with your mom, your dad. And sometimes people may not even take the time to get to know the aunts and the cousins and really create a bond. You may know them, but my dynamic of growing up was different. And so my dad, I always say, if anybody's a real life superhero, he is because he was a young man in the military. And when he knew of my mother's pregnancy, he decided to come from overseas. He was the only one that could stop the adoption. And so they always said, you have this cute little white family waiting on you. And I was like, oh, that would have been nice to figure out who that could have been. But it was still a great opportunity to like have been put in a position to almost have a completely different life. But then the life that I had when I was growing up, it even though it was blessed, I went to the best schools, Catholic schools and all of that. You always feel like, okay, you question, well, why did my mother, why couldn't she be strong enough to do this? And now later in my life, I get it. And I think it was all a part of me appreciating family, community, realizing it takes a community or a village to raise a child, just like it takes a village to build a business. You need your community to support you. And so I went on to college. I studied marketing and Spanish. And then my graduated from UAB. My corporate career was in the investment banking space. And then I moved on to the digital marketing space. So the Google AdWords stuff yeah. and all that stuff. Typical college degree post, you know, like when everybody goes, what are you doing? And when you come back for Thanksgiving, oh, I work in the digital ad space. I do investments. Yeah. But the most thing that I loved about those careers were just the connection with people. It was just so much deeper than a product. And, you know, in those spaces, many times they're sales driven, right? Everybody says we're always selling ourselves, which we are. You're selling yourself as a person and whatever product or service you're selling, you're always selling something. And I enjoyed the products because I was passionate about it. But when it started to feel like this pressure to the point, it's like, by any means necessary, you got to get a sale or it takes a long time like to build career like in real estate or investments or you're building a tribe of people who know and trust you. And so those things I just noticed I became passionate about money and managing money and then going to the digital side. And we I didn't just sell digital products. I mean, everything from direct mail. It was just like a whole marketing portfolio. And so those perspectives, it was like I loved them, but there were some things that 
I wasn't satiating my need for uh, like purpose and community. And then being a black woman, right? Let's just, you know, address the elephant in the room. Yeah, a black for all woman. Of our listeners that you can't see. Just you. in case you can't tell. Well, there's another elephant in the room because you were saying that there was this white family waiting to adopt you. And I'm just thinking to myself, not all white families are created equal because if you walk in, there's no whiter human than, than Blake, really. His chest is as white as the Magic City business sign. And I, every time I walk in his house, I feel like I'm insane. So I just feel like, you know, You've careful. You've never seen that shade of white in your life. Careful what you wish for. They use my skin color as like, in like a psychiatric words to calm patients. Like, it could be worse. I don't know. Is his skin Blake Ray white? I was listening to a podcast yesterday about one of the founders of Rent the Runway. So this very entrepreneurial woman. But she was funny. She was saying, you know, because I feel you like when you're working for somebody else, you're working in that corporate world, you can't create your own culture. Maybe you're feeding that person's passion, but maybe not yours. But she said one thing that I thought was interesting. I'd love to get your comment on. She goes, you know, I think most entrepreneurs, if they knew how hard it was on the front end, they probably wouldn't do it. What are your thoughts on that? I beg to differ. Yeah, unpack that. Just because... It's hard either way. I mean, there were days I would sit at my desk. I literally had won the CEO trip. And this is like your top, like in the nation, like top 6% in the company. And we had won the trip to go to Miami. We were going to stay at the Fountain Blue. And it's an all expense paid trip. I mean, just like the life. And I literally had only been at the company, like it was in my first year and a half. And I just would still feel like incomplete. I remember one day like sitting at my desk and I'm like, am I bipolar or something? Because why am I crying? I was still doing well, but I just felt like, is this it? And I will say like the entrepreneurial journey is definitely not easy. It can definitely be. But I think that if you switch your perspective and I'm a very spiritual person. And so I ask God to lead me I pray over the kettle corn like it's my Sunday dinner, like my dinner. I pray for my customers. I pray to ask God to bring the right connections and business relationships. And we pride ourselves on having a very diverse audience. And it's important because we all have something to learn from one another. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a space of you're wanting to grow and you're in a space of purpose, then it negates all of the hard work and the everything, you know? It's like I could have built a home a few years ago if I was just still in corporate America, but I've had to make a lot of pivots and sacrifices to do some things differently. And I do still want, you know, the glory of some of the material things. You want to travel with your, you want to do all those things, you know? My last international trip was London and we had gone to the Olympics, me and my husband and we were like we're gonna take our kids back and you always think it's gonna be so easy to go back to like and i'm like okay it's been you know what the last olympics was like 10 years ago but to be able to like pick my kids up or even when they've had to work with me i remember when we started very organically we'd be at pepper place farmers market ross bridge market new baby i'm nursing my son's 10 he had to like learn to work the square and work early by default because my husband was still working and we were just trying to figure out like, is this really a viable product? Like it's kettle corn, it's cute and all, but can you really grow it? And I felt like the kettle corn is just the catalyst for my purpose. Right. And so for me, it's like, 
I'm trying to create a culture, a culture of supporters that we call pop heads and a culture within our company that we can enrich people's lives personally and professionally. And so when I think about the biggest why, and it's not, oh, I mean, it is to build wealth, obviously, you know, like I said, I mean. That's the purpose of a business. Yeah, yeah. it is. But it means a different thing. You know, I think for me, like I was saying, just as a black woman, because of so many disparities and, you know, if you don't see a lot of wealth like within your own family. I saw it because I went to the best of schools and I've always had a diverse group of friends. And I had friends who graduated high school when I graduated John Carroll. They were in high school and they could make $50,000 getting out of high school because either their parents owned a business or a parent's friend owned a business that yeah. they could easily get a job. And so when you don't have or see ownership, then it just sometimes may not seem as attainable. And so I want to create awareness amongst everyone of what can we all contribute to make sure we all have this a loving, sweet life here on earth and um, spreading the love, I guess. What was your catalyst, that pivotal moment that gave you the courage to make the jump from the corporate world into this entrepreneurial space? So my way out was pregnancy. I was literally on maternity leave and I was out for like two or three months. And, you know, when you start working, when you get into the working world, it outside of the pandemic, you probably at most have what, two to three weeks in a year to just be away. That was the longest I had just like had been out of work, just not having to go to work, just being on maternity leave. And it was a reflective time, a time of peace. I wasn't worried about quotas or clients. And I was, you know, I love the quote that says, quiet the mind and the soul will speak. And I just felt in a space where I could think and I was praying, like, just send me a sign. I felt like this was the entryway to kind of segue. It's time for me to do something else. But, you know, God knows his children. So of course I went back to work. I was supposed to go back after I had two months after coming back from maternity leave where I would be completely vested at my company. So I was like, well, that's a no-brainer. Stay two more months. Well, the two months came and then they're offering me a promotion. And I'm like, okay, now I'm confused, God. Because during maternity leave is when I said, I'll try this kettle corn company. My aunt who raised me, so the village child, she I lived in Virginia a good portion of my life. And kettle corn is really popular like up north, out west, yeah. midwest. She just kept telling me like, you know, people are going crazy over this kettle corn. You should try a kettle corn business. And I'm like, really? Are you trying to be funny? But so then she kept telling me one place that was really successful there and people are traveling. And I'm like, what is kettle corn? So I spent my whole summer slash maternity leave. I would just go and get Get, like popcorn out of Target and CV, like anywhere I saw kettle corn, because I really wasn't averse to it outside of my son being a Boy Scout and they right. sell popcorn and it was okay. And I'm like, if this is kettle corn, I'm not sure why everybody's going so crazy. So, and then in my search, I was like, man, it's just, it was a place in the Galleria that you could go for some popcorn. And I was like, okay, this is either a good sign or a bad sign. And it's like, okay. Okay, you know, maybe this isn't a good idea. It's not a whole lot of... Not a line wrapped up around it. Exactly. Yeah. So it was scary to like venture off and do it. So I went back to work, accepted the promotion, but I started the business. 
intermittently, like in between that time. So it was like a side thing. So I started taking it to work and I was like, yeah. And I'm sure people were like, okay, this girl, what is this? Some kettle corn? Buying popcorn from her. Is this some kind of downline thing? But I felt like a drug dealer popping the trunk. Like literally on break, people were like. What you need? You need that good cinnamon toast crunch hit? Yeah, I got you covered. Yeah. Meet me in the parking lot, four o'clock. That is exactly it. People were coming to my... Well, we didn't have pagers then. You should bring them back, though. Yeah, they should. You don't, because now people think you should just answer at the drop of a dime. But, I mean, literally, people were so receptive, and they were like, this is so good. And I was even, like, really, like, this is so good, you know. And um, we only had three flavors when we started, and everybody was just coming to my desk on in my office on break and... I'm just asking about it. So we were doing weekend markets and people would support. But, you know, when you're first starting a business, it's that difference of, oh, this is cute. Yeah. Let me support you. Mercy. 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 Pops. Like, yeah. but they stayed loyal. They kept yeah. spending their money and they were spending money. And so I did a lot of continuous education from Goldman Sachs to Rev Birmingham right around the corner. They have Create Birmingham. We won the big pitch with in our first year of doing business. And so I'm like, okay, people love the concept. The community likes the idea of it. And so the continuous education, partnerships, those are all the things that kept me fueled until we could figure out like, what does this actually look like? When I got pregnant again, I blinked my eyes and I'm like- What's in that popcorn? Right. I'm like, geez, (laughs) I got pregnant like, you know, within months of the, my second child, which is my first daughter. I felt like that was really the push. It was like, you cannot have this business that you've just invested money in, try to work, be a wife and have two small kids. So that was really my push to say, little Jana, you know, so JC and Jana were like, and Jalen and Amir, it was just like, it's time now. You know, I tried to give you a chance is what God said. I tried to give you a chance to exit. You went back, you said you would just go until you were vested and you got your full 401k, but then you accepted the promotion. So I feel like so many times in life we're in a crossroad and the carrot can be dangled and it could be perceived as is the way to go. It's secure. It's like, you, you know, you're about to give up before. Like, why would you do that? But when I had her, I just felt really compelled. And I even, I think that was the time I read Steve Harvey's book, Jump. I don't know if you remember him. I, no, I know some quotes from it, though. Yeah, where he I ta- mean, it's a pretty kind of easy where he talks read. about jumping off. And, yeah, uh, just like just jumping off the ledge. And it just ironically came in um, during that time. And I mean, it's a really no easy fear. read. So uh, what was your husband doing at the time? So he was at Thompson and Reuters and he, you know, sold Westlaw. Westlaw is like the software for attorneys that they use to do their legal research. So we were both in the digital marketing space together. So we were in corporate America at the same company together before I left. That was the last corporate career I had. We were there together. And he's like, yeah, that's my wife slinging yeah, popcorn in the, he, in the he, break room. Was he too big of a PDA guy or anything? Were we all able to like keep it professional? In the workplace? Yeah, we were. Just whenever that popcorn came into place, somebody's getting pregnant. So you don't have to answer this because this is kind of a personal question, but I think there's a lot of really relevant. In, but I'm saying, though, in, in our industry, like we struggle with these agents and, and mindset and just like he's always like, what are they doing in the industry? Like, because a lot of them just like, you know, when it ain't going good, they, their result is just to go. I'm going to sleep in. They don't understand, like, 
anything. Success is not made to be easy by design. And not guaranteed. The rent's due every day, you know, that type of thing. They're expecting things to kind of like... I'm going to go get a part-time job. Start running on autopilot or something at some point. It never does. I know you've already said, I've got... You have multiple whys, but you also have this big why. And a lot of them aren't even connected to their why. They don't even know where to start. They don't even know how to explain it. Yeah, they can't even put a finger on it. And I'm not sure that that's not the case, though. I think everybody may have a why, and not everybody's so articulate. Put it into words. Or sometimes you're misguided by your why. You need to, maybe you need to reshift your why. Because if that why is not sustaining, you're going to run out of fuel. And what I mean by that is, you know, is your why just... I just want to make money or I just want to have a nice house or I just want to have a nice car. Those things are great. But that to me, like even in corporate America, my husband was the one who was driven by the quotas and I wasn't. I don't I'm not saying I don't care about money because I really do like working in the financial Mm -hmm. like I care about being savvy with it. But I feel like when you get to a point where you, you know, the people who sleep in or like if you're not excited about who can I meet today? Who can I be a blessing to today? Who can I be a light to today? Who's going to bless me today? Your work is just the catalyst. I mean, for us, it's kettle corn, but for you, it's real estate. It's who will I connect to? And when your purpose is about serving people genuinely, like when you're really authentic and, and when you live a life of expectancy, I like the other quote that says, nothing happens to me, it happens for me. And so nothing is happening to us, even the worst things. It's We all have to inevitably deal with the trials and the triumphs of life. It's just the cycle of life. And we are so pompous sometimes that we think that it's supposed to be great all the time. But it's still great even when it's hard. And that's what I'm really learning because that's how you get the most out of your life. It's just really trying to... You can be optimistic. I don't like to, you know, some people are like, okay, you're the kumbaya lady and everything is great, but it truly is. I had a wisdom brunch for my 40th and I only invited women who were 10 years my senior or older. And Jackie, she's she owns a business in the Five Points West area and she's a white woman. She's yeah. one of my closest friends. And she talks about the flack that she got from starting a business in that area of town because she's from like Pennsylvania. She gives me a lot of wisdom and insight. But one thing she said was, we are so concerned with the length of our lives and we should be concerned about the width because the length is not guaranteed. And so when you understand that we are here, we're born, we die, and everybody knows the dash in the middle is what counts. You have to feel good about putting your head down on your pillow at night. Only you know your true intentions and why you're doing what you're doing. And I think if you do things from a pure, genuine place, good will always come to you. It may not come in the form of the way you think. If you're a realtor, your bills will be paid. If you're willing to sacrifice, you know, it's this illusion that things have to be great all the time. If you can sacrifice that part of the journey that will get you to the greater part, you still can enjoy it when it's tough. And it doesn't mean you're going to be happy all the time. It doesn't mean, I mean, I've had days where I'm like down, but then I'm like, I had to, you know, they say, think about what you're thinking about. And sometimes we bring 
on these negative feelings and emotions because we're just we keep thinking and manifesting oh it's so bad oh it's no you have to think it into existence ask believe receive and so when i started getting that way I mean, opportunities, just the way the business is growing, even when times were tough and I'm like, Lord, how is this bill is going to get paid? A grant comes through or an opportunity or a big order out of nowhere. Like, and so you just have to believe that if you're putting good out, it's going to keep coming back to you. It really will. I love what you said. It's in terms of deciding whether to stay at your corporate position or to go out on your own and start your own business. It's about choosing your heart. I mean, they're both hard. And then when you look at easy versus hard, I mean, this is kind of, I think, a broadly misunderstood fact that if you choose easy, it's still hard. You're still going to be regret. It's still. (laughs) It is not. Yeah. Spoiler alert for all you young guys. I mean, why would you want to be like, it's easy, quote unquote, but you're miserable and you're not fulfilled. But I can argue that because I really do believe that there's a level. I understand that. It's either the hard way or the hard way, even if you think you're going the easy way, right? But just to reference back to you, how you said you had friends that they could drop out of high school and make $50,000 a year, 401k, great jobs, right? Connected. We see those people. Everybody sees those people on a daily basis. I have a neighbor right now in my new house that I look across and I think I have a stronger mindset at times. And I think I struggle like everybody else. But I see this guy and he comes home in his Mercedes and his wife comes home in her Lexus and they have this beautiful two-story house with a basement home. He comes home and he's home by 3.30 and, you know, he mows the lawn and then he has someone come and do the shrubs. And I just kind of portray this picture. I don't know Tyler. That's his name. But um, Does he know that you know his name? Well, he introduced himself. I was looking through, was looking through his mail and uh, just to see if I could catch a wish of a paycheck and go, what does this joker do? Maybe he's got some loose money lying around. But I start thinking of it, and it's I think it's perfectly healthy to sit there and stare and go, but then again, I guess I don't know if he's just going and getting his butt reamed on a daily basis from an investor, or he goes in and he trades stocks, and he's like getting like just belittled by some guy from Texas, and he just puts on a brave face when he gets home. But I think the narrative is, is that everybody knows those people, right? That get off at three that don't have to work weekends, that never seem to have a care in the world. It's one of those things. You're judging Tyler's outsides by your insides. I mean, you're making this comparison and whether it is, where's the truth in it? Like, I mean, Tyler could have, like you said, he could have gone through X amount of years of paying his dues. He had to go through the hard to get to the easy unless he's like what Tanisha was saying, like if somebody's just given something, like some of these people you went to school with, they just, when they graduated, they went into the family business. Well, I was speaking on it more or less on the, the front end of people getting into the industries of entrepreneurship. Like, I think that it's very easy to look at that. Well, they want to go to the 12th floor. They don't want to start in the mailroom was really my point, too. I mean, and some people just look at, I mean, I mean, we have had, I have to say, God is good. Okay. We have had tremendous success. And when I say for me, tremendous success is, I mean, our first year, we only, what, we're in business three months. We made like $14,000, but that was just like doing it on the weekends, right? Real estate's a great investment. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, you know, you, the, I've always said the popcorn industry and real estate, kettle corn just industry. Just really go hand yeah, in hand. Yeah, they just kind of go hand in hand. The money flows. Because that's where all my money goes is, is kettle corn. Well, you know, we're going to add the real estate is going to be a great addition to the portfolio. We're working on that. But 
we've seen growth at least by 20% year over year. A couple of years, we had a huge spike at about, you know, 50% and then 100%. And then this year's just, it's on a great trajectory. But, you know, you could see that, right? But we still have, you know, my husband lost his job during the pandemic last year. So those percentages are all relative, right? right yeah. So your accountant and the bankers, they say, oh, you're seeing growth, but we still have our own dreams and goals. And and now that we lost that income, we have to make it up here on right. top of now you're bringing in a team member because you need people to grow and you have the business has its own expenses. But we every need has always been met. And it's not all, it doesn't come the package the way you expect it to sometimes. And so when you have your God ears on and eyes on, you will see the blessings and even your struggles. And so I'm just becoming more at peace with it. I struggle with it too. I mean, we've been doing this for seven years. And I question like, geez. I could have been on the 14th floor of the downtown building. And now I'm covered in caramel and cinnamon glaze. Right, you know, or at least Clem is now. And he's like, you know, I'm ready to put my suit back on. And it's all a matter of perspective in our heads, right? Like what what you feel is a status quo or whatever. Just the energy that we get from our pop heads that come in. These people are just, you know, they're inadvertently, they don't even realize that they're trying to add goodness to the world, just even the way that they use the product. And that's what's so intriguing to me. But each year I see that I'm getting away more and more from doing tasks that I, I had to learn to pull a trailer. Okay. I had been behind a desk my whole life. And when me and when the equipment came in, me and at the time it was my best friend. That's who we started. I started the business with. And we were like, what the hell have we done? Like, can they get a refund on this? Yeah, because we did not anticipate that we would be getting our hands dirty like that. And we did. But I think that we've enjoyed the process. I learned something new about myself and I took myself out of the box. And it has been I've met some amazing people. I'm sitting here with you guys today. But I mean, from podcast to radio, like everything I would have imagined that I would like to have done in corporate America. I've been able to create that here. Off kettle corn. Off of kettle corn. Off of kettle corn. The thing that when you heard about, you're like, what the heck's the big hoopla about? That's beautiful though. I'm not even kidding. Let's talk about this kettle corn that keeps people. I was going to say halfway through, like, did you think that this is the way, honestly, you like when I'm like, Hey, I got the people that do the kettle corn. You're like, okay, cool. We'll talk about flavors. Well, I always worry about like keeping the conversation going. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And now we got a ding How PhD. many talking points about popcorn <laughs> yeah. are there? <laughs> yeah. How long does it take to pop? What do you put that in the microwave? What are we dealing with here? Okay. Well, hopefully I exceeded your expectations. You did. You certainly did. There's definitely multiple layers to you, which is awesome. And I'm over here taking like crazy notes. So well, email them to me because sometimes, you know, you got to take your own advice. It's some really good advice. Let's talk about this kettle corn that Blake has equated with crack. Oh, gosh, you should have saw him. Well, he's talking about how you were chewing. You actually should have heard him that day. Uh, I got you on video. That's why I said. Blake, I got you on video, bro. the kettle black. I was being polite. He learned to eat in prison. Eats like somebody's going to snatch it away from him. That's bull crap. I would not last a minute in prison. They would put me somewhere special. They'd be like, you won't last. Wait out in the parking lot. (laughs) He hovers over the plate. He's spooning. He's shoving the food in. It's like two. the plate's two inches from his mouth, and he's got his Yeah, I up. was nervous that he may have eaten the sample cup the way you took it down that You're day. You're not supposed to? 
I thought everything was edible in there. I got to go to the bathroom. I got you on video. Yeah. That's all I could say. But And our fans loved it. When our social media person posted that. Hot, too. You guys gave me the Eugene chicken, which this is something you don't know. Yeah, that's our make your local pop. So to kind of go back to, we talked about a pop head, right? So yeah. you've heard that, and I know, I hope I have Are some pop heads Are they more insane than uh, Lady Gaga's monster? Ooh, no, I haven't met her. I haven't Because I'm in bulls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are you a pop, you're a pop head? I love the popcorn. I don't, I, do I even call it popcorn, though? You don't call no, it popcorn. No, it's because, not popcorn, yep, guys. There's it's a difference kettle now. corn. Yep. There is a very big difference, and when our marketing person, they made sure we were clear of that. Because yeah, there is a difference. There is a difference. It's all sweet and salty. So whether it's savory or spicy, it's all going to have like this sweet and salty kind of base to it. And um, so it's we not like soggy to say, either. And it's not. It's I not. hate soggy popcorn. Nothing Ugh. pisses me off all more chewy in my life. and stuff. Yeah. Like what movie is theater this? popcorn. Not a fan. Yeah, no. And some people, before they knew about us, they said we would go to the movies and um, go and get it. So a pop head are fun and happy people who enjoy our unique fresh, addictive, sweet and salty kettle popped corn. They are foodie trailblazers who crave naughty but nice kettle corn, not just any kettle corn, but naughty but nice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They often buy it to share with friends, family, and coworkers, but the struggle to share even one kernel is real. Popheads hang out with us often, rave of their experiences, and they're helping to make the world a sweeter place to live. So, I legitimately is a, I am a pophead because I kept on showing up at your office. I wouldn't share it with anybody though, but that's the one disagreement. Yeah, but you struggled. Yeah. Yeah. Even never, if you tried, you, you never struggled. brought any back. No. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to order some last time, and uh, but then I was like, man, it's going to go. Like if I bring it in here. <laughs> It's not going to last. I'm going to come down there and get gallant. You got to try the Birmingham mix. It's the right mix of everything. The, it's like a French toast and cheddar. So it's like savory and then the spice of my dad makes this French toast casserole for like Christmas. And if you've never, you, you, it's so what amazing. What the hell is that? It's it like you take amazing. French bread and you slice it and then you make like the mixture that you would for the French toast, but you pour it inside of the pan and then oh you sprinkle it with cheese. And then you can add turkey sausage. But, oh, my gosh, the contrasts are amazing. So that's what the Birmingham mix reminds me of. So we even started saying it's like breakfast in a bag because it really is. And this definition purely came from our customers. So Clem initiated it, my husband. We've been calling them pop heads since we started because they literally would act like yeah. Another head. They yeah. come up you know? there itching like, yes, hey, you, you all got any of that kidding. French toast? Like, I'm yeah. not even kidding. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. You know, he was like, we really should give this a definition. So we started to like identify what does it mean to be a pop head? They're just generally fun people. You came in yeah. there. You, they have lots of personality. I don't know. We just attract these like we don't get like lumps on a log coming in. They are right. full of energy. We have fun. Here laughing, cracking up, like, and I don't care what background you're from. Emotional lovers. Yeah, very emotional. We're very emotional. They can yeah. be emotional, especially like if they come and we're out of a flavor. Oh it can God. get crazy. What is the number one flavor? So the Birmingham mix has become the number one flavor. Oh. I just like, yeah. It's both of them, right? It's the cinnamon. It's the cinnamon, the cheddar, and then right. it's just sweet and salty. So Cinnamon and cheddar. It's insane. Yeah. Insane. They love that. But um, they do hang out with us. They'll come in there. We'll have conversations. Sometimes it gets deep. You know, we talk about all kinds of stuff with all kinds of our customers. And like I said, we pride ourselves in just 
the diversity of our customers. They're so accepting, no matter if you live in Mount Laurel, Mountain Brook, or you're in the heart of Woodlawn and Mm -hmm. you may be living in a shotgun house. Like the synergy is just good. And I think that's also a part of culture. You know what I think it is too, is that when I walked in, which was, uh, you know, you spoke a lot about religion and spirituality. I didn't have any reason to stop by there that day. I don't know why the hell, heck I did. How'd you even find it? I don't know. Like, honestly, that was honest, the crazy thing. Cause I just I was showed asking, up randomly I was, like, probing you. And I was like, what? So how'd you, I mean, we just put signage on our door like last yeah, year. So we don't even have like a big sign yeah. like you do yet. I just you know? popped in. Where is it? Is it in Woodlawn? It's in Woodlawn. Five minutes from the office. Yeah. It's like when I shoot down here, I'll be there. Right down there. Like you, you pass it when you come off that exit. But it, I will tell you, and I never thought about it until we got a chance to talk to you because you're, you're incredibly busy. And I'm like trying to respect that. And I'm like, it feels so weird when you walk in. Like, it's very calming. Like, I feel like I'm stepping into like their operations. And yet no one's told me like, hey, get out. (laughs) Like, and it's very weird. It was almost like I can't leave yet. Like, and they're feeding you stuff. Like, they're like, here, try this, try this. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) I'll stay for this. Yeah, the the strawberry vanilla. Oh, that's a t-shirt. I'm here for this. I mean, that's not why I went in there, but I was like. (laughs) Should I leave? Like, I haven't tried the Birmingham mix. Yes, you did. Well, you were just here yesterday, okay? That'd be we like a real pophead. Like, I keep on coming <laughs> in and be like, yeah. hey, I haven't tried that new one yet. Which one? Which one's new? So our customer, like, literally crafted this. Like, everything that's here, they'll tell us, oh, my gosh, I just ate that for breakfast. Or I ate that for dinner. Or, you know, I didn't eat anything else. Like, this was, like, I brought so this good. to my husband. You know, they do hang out with us. And they are community-oriented innately they just seem to care about community and they really do appreciate food on a different level so that's why we said they're foodie trailblazers yeah and that's why i wanted to get her in today is we were supposed to have the birmingham squadron in today as the first guest and i guess with the game coming up and they get the whole stadium stuff and i'm like they need this with the squadron because I did have the popcorn. I saw tons of people with the popcorn. My son got the popcorn and it is basic, typical popcorn. Maybe you have some basic and then you have the elevated yeah, for the like people who want to be elevated. There, but there, yeah. there needs to be options. Like yeah, when I was there, I agree. he likes the games. I like the games, but it was seven o'clock. You know, I want some options. Yeah. Hook it up is what she's saying. I think we're going to have to have you back. We actually do another podcast that's about business and leadership and things like that. So yeah, I think, we love to come in on uh, that. Yeah, I've got to have you back. It's it's called the Impact Agent Podcast, and it's just about how are you making an impact, who's making an impact on you, inspiring others to make impact and all that stuff. So I oh, think gosh, great. We, can t- we have a whole initiative around that on the website. But I just one last point to yeah. Blake's point, the make your local pop. So he talked and that would be a great segue to the next one. But that's one of our initiatives where we work intentionally and collaboratively, not just like, oh, a partnership, but we infuse other people's products or yeah. services into what we do. So right now we have the hot cocoa flavor. Did you try yeah, that? I didn't try that. Well, oh, hey. Oh my goodness. Well, listen, we got to get out of here. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hot Cocoa. <laughs> we are partnering with Michelle's Chocolate Lab. She does a lot in the Mount Laurel area and some of the wineries, but she creates this Belgium cocoa powder and we've 
figured out how to glaze it on there and she makes from scratch marshmallows. So now it's like melted on. So it's not just like a drizzled popcorn, um, like, you know, like a drizzled ch chocolate on the popcorn. This is just the way it's on there. It's just delicious. And then one of our team members, she put it in the microwave and reheated it. And it was like, you could smell hot cocoa. So that's like, that's what that is. And then the Eugene's Hot Chicken, that was our first Make Your Local Pop collaboration. When we started in 2014, we did the first one in 2016. And we literally just used his spices that you taste on the chicken. We, you know, figured out the ratios. And so you're going to get that sweet, salty. And that's what made it perfect because, you know, hot, natural hot chicken is sweet and spicy. Mm -hmm. So it made the perfect combination. And that is our effort to just like highlight local businesses, but also show the versatility of our product and even what they do. So we've partnered and then we expanded it from just food to products. So if you artisan and you make earrings, or if you have a nonprofit, we partner a lot with Hand and Paw, which is it's local here and they focus on like animals, um, dogs particularly. We've um, partnered with the STEM program. And so we supported them during National Popcorn Day, which is coming up, by the way, it's in January. So January, January mark the 20th. Yeah, mark your calendar. Yeah. So if you have team members out there, you want to gift your team National Popcorn Day, that's the perfect day to celebrate it. But with that, we were able to create a whole energy around how the science of popcorn. So that was the whole STEM program. It was like the different type of kernels. How do they pop? You know, how do they grow? And so it's just our way to just really make a concerted effort to highlight other businesses, but incorporate our product to make it all kind of bring it together. So we love that one. So you all got to try that. Those yeah, that's awesome. My son is obsessed with Eugene's hot chicken. He loves so the hot stuff, man. He loves it. it. I'm going to get him some for Christmas. It's going to be a good stocking stuffer for him. So, so how can people find you? You just want them to Google uh, Naughty But Nice Kettle Corn Company? You can Google us and we will, pun intended. And then, of course, we're on Instagram at nbnkettlecorn.com. Facebook is naughty but nice kettlecorn.com. Are I'm you sorry. following the Majesty Cowboy on uh, TikTok by chance? We are on TikTok as well. So we need to follow you. And we're on LinkedIn. And of course, our website is www.nbnkettlecorn.com. We're located in the heart of Woodlawn. Our address is on the website. It's 5831 First Avenue North, Suite 200, 35212. And that's how they order too, right? They can order online and we have certain pop-up days. We encourage pre-orders just because yeah. we do pop fresh to order. We may not have your favorite flavor, but we can ensure that we do if you order online. And then check our events calendar for Miss Poppy. We'll be at the Woodlawn Street Market and the Rossbridge Market our final markets of the year. So Miss Poppy is our kettle corn food truck. She can be catered and we can also have her at special events provided that our calendar is available. All right, we got to run, but this has been awesome. Oh, I, had so much I can't fun wait with to you guys. try this kettle corn. It's going to be think, amazing. I feel like I've been doing crunches because y'all got me <laughs> laughing in here. So <laughs> thanks for making this entertaining. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Magic City Business. This podcast is fueled by the support of our listeners. So if you found value in the podcast, please be sure to give us a favorable rating on iTunes, subscribe, and share your favorite episodes with friends. If there is an impactful story behind your business and you'd like to be featured on the show, please send an email to magiccitybusiness at gmail.com.